Thanks for pushing play. This is the reseller's voice with April Hunter. You can find me on Instagram, Poshmark, eBay, pretty much everywhere at Cloven Caddis. On Instagram, I'm April underscore at underscore Cloven Caddis. This podcast is a podcast of short 30 minutes or less interviews with resellers of all kinds. If you sell your stuff, we want to talk to you. Hopefully, in the process of that, other community members, whether they're new or they've been around for a million years, will be able to pick up tips, insights, and continue to learn and grow their business through everybody and the shared information. Today, we get to talk to Beverly from Miscellaneous Thrifts on Poshmark. Her Poshmark closet name is just Miscellaneous she sells on multiple platforms and is a work-from-home mom to a couple kids, a toddler, and a couple dogs. Um, we get to chat about how coronavirus has changed her business a little bit. Before I give away all the details, let's just get into today's episode. Hello, Beverly. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm really excited because I feel like um, we have reached the resurgence of moms on my podcast, which (laughs) I think is a lot of our (laughs) listeners, but I feel like we're finally starting to kind of figure out this, um, take a phone call and, uh, you know, record while having kids at home. So (laughs) it's it's good to be back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, how has the past eight weeks been for you, and how has it like changed your business? It's a. I feel like it's like it's like a moving target, you know, like like you never really know how it's going to be. So I think I mean I started off like real good um, February. Like February was the best month I've had ever while reselling, and Mm -hmm. so I was like you know, coming off of a high, like, this is great. I'm just going to keep going up from here. And then, you know, March hit quarantine, shelter in place and like everything, like it kind of stopped. Um, and so that was, uh, you know, my like momentum just suddenly stand still. Um, and the, you know, the sales went, went to not quite a standstill, but you know, a, a trickle. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a little bit harsh, but, um, a lot, I, I did find once, once I finally got used to everything, um, that I think a lot of it was me not being able to focus and put the time in that I had been putting in. Like, I think there were less sales, but I think there was also a lot less of me putting in work because, you know, my focus got shifted to, uh, you know, remote teaching to kids, um, right. while also watching a three-year-old, you know? Right. Right. Like your whole schedule and whole like day got messed up. Yeah. Um, so I found you on Instagram and your Instagram handle is Miss Elanius, miscellaneous thrifts, right? Uh-huh. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, except for 
it's spelled slightly differently. Um, so oh, yeah. we will link that in the show notes on Instagram at the resellers voice. Um, and is your Poshmark, your Poshmark closet is the same name, right? Uh, my Poshmark is just miscellaneous. Oh, sorry. Miscellaneous rather than miscellaneous thrifts. Aha. Uh-huh. And you only sell on Poshmark or do you also sell on eBay and Mercari? Um, I do Poshmark. Poshmark was, is my, my primary. Um, and it was where uh-huh. I started. Um, and then shortly after I kind of added on eBay, but it was touch and go. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of eBay now. Um, and then I think probably about three months ago, I jumped into Mercari. Um, and I also jumped into Depop and Etsy a little bit after that, but I have yet to make a sale on either one of them. There's a couple YouTube or uh, maybe Instagram type uh, videos or posts out there about growing your Etsy sales. Mm-hmm. I have yet to check it out, but I have list anything that's vintage. I will list on Etsy, yeah. um, but I have yet to make a sale. So I, the problem is, is every time I go to Etsy, I spend money. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I try kind of- to not go to Etsy to list things because <laughs> I end up spending money. One step um, forward, three steps back. So did you find that when you were finding your new normal with quarantine that you, um, found it listing to ebay or is that when you started really listing to ebay and it kind of started paying you back or um let's see i jumped on to ebay shortly after i started um and then i didn't do a lot with it and then i stopped last summer for a couple months um because i didn't have a store yet and i went on i went on a two-week vacation to a place where we don't have internet so like it wasn't even possible to you know, do anything. Um, right. And so I didn't have a story yet. I had to delete all of my listings rather than just go on vacation mode. Um, oh. Probably took me about six months before I was like, okay, I'm going to go back in. So probably around January, I went back into eBay pretty, pretty full throttle. Um, mm-hmm. So, so no on that one, but I think my new normal in quarantine was what made me take the jump into Etsy, um, Mercari and Depop. Mm. Yeah. As you're, as you, everything slowed down and you were like, this is obviously a platform issue. <laughs> so right. I'm going to, you know, I'm going <laughs> to diversify my assets here. Yeah. I mean, so I think everybody kind of had that slowdown and then, but I do think, uh, that this, I don't know. Everybody's kind of like, there's, there's different strains and different waves right now that I feel. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like some people are, you know, they've got the stacks taller than themselves and other right. people are like, you know, I'm lucky to make a sale, you know, like once every three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it kind of depends upon who stayed consistent and who didn't and right. you know, who was home with their young children and who was just home with their phone. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, th- I think that that really kind of plays into it, but I do feel like come summer, we're going to all kind of the playing field will be evened potentially again. So um, I have hope for all of us. Uh, do you also dabble on Amazon or is that a frontier you have not yet? Not Amazon sounds terrifying to me. Um, I have a friend who um, builds websites. Mm-hmm. She does the website for, for this uh, company that makes like medical supplies. Um, and they, they're like super old school and like only do it by like catalog and phone. And like, I mean, they have their website, but you still call the place and order. Um, and so they were going to set up a store. So she actually, she contacted me to see if I would set up an Amazon store for them. So I like looked into it and then like 
she was like, it's terrifying to me. I don't know what, what's going on. And so I started looking into it like with her and I was like, you're right. This is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) So, so not yet, maybe, maybe someday, but that's like far in the future. (laughs) When when your three-year-old goes to school, that will be, that will be the one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Amazon is something that I just started kind of dabbling in. Like I've had a store for almost a year now, or like I had a seller account, not really a store. I think I had one item in it. So I've had a seller account for almost a year now, but I haven't sold anything, but I'm like, now I'm like really starting to get very interested in it. So yeah, um, yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Are you selling um, clothing on there? Or? Yes, you can sell clothing on there. So everybody gets, so when you first start on Amazon, you have to sell like up to $2,000 of stuff and mm-hmm. then you get um, what they call ungated on a, a lot of other things. So you basically are limited to um, clothing that is new with tags, groceries, mm-hmm. um, some like home goods, some lawn and garden. Like it's mm-hmm. very, it's very dependent upon what the product is and what the brand of the product is. Yeah. Um, so it's like you have to scan through thousands and thousands and thousands of items before you can really figure out yeah. what what you can sell on there. You can sell used books, which is where a lot of people make up that two thousand nice. dollars. Is they just start reaching out on like Facebook Marketplace or next door and saying, "Hey, if you're getting rid of books, I will take them." Um, and then anything that's worth like four four dollars mm-hmm. or more on Amazon, they sell, um, and then they take the rest to whatever place so that's kind of one strategy to get into it um there's a lot of different strategies everybody's you know a guru guru, and nobody shares their information so (laughs) that's what makes it so hard yeah (laughs) um so how have you been thrifting during this or is that something that you had a large death pile and now you're just realizing that you have to start thrifting again um yeah yeah i uh i definitely had an I don't want to say I had like a, I did not have mountains of a death pile. You know, I had a significant death pile. It wasn't like, you know, need to buy a storage unit yet large. Mm-hmm. But like, there, there was, there was plenty there. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been using it as a, as a great reason to, to jump into, to getting rid of that. Um, and that's lasted me, um, the good stuff I'll say has lasted me until about now. Um, mm-hmm. now I'm hitting like the bottom where like, it's not going to last that much longer. And, uh, it's, it's stuff maybe I bought like when I first started thrifting. So it's mm-hmm. not it's nothing exciting and it's nothing that's going to bring in anything, anything amazing, but it's, it's going to bring in something. Um, so now's the point where I'm, I'm starting to, to think about, what else to look into um i have done some sourcing online at this point um mostly through their poshmark actually um just finding people that are selling things really cheap or doing running their own little sales um and definitely the the cost of goods on that is much higher you know it's not going to be as great as a flip i think on a lot of them but if you dig enough you can find good things either people that you know, or just clearing out their closet or, you know, want to move inventory and get, get new stuff. Um, I've been finding some stuff that way, but like, I mean, at this point, that's not going to be sustainable because it's not, I'm not bringing in the volume that I really would need to at this point. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely it's rough. Um, last year, right before I had my baby, I did do like a month of just relisting items, and that actually was one of my best months last year. Um, which Poshmark just came out with that copy feature. Mm-hmm. Have you used that yet? I, I've played with it, but um, honestly, I do most of my listing on a PC. So mm-hmm. for me, um, the the copy feature isn't saving me that much time. Um, in fact, I don't even know if you can do it on a PC. I'm um, not sure. I've not tried it on the PC, but what I have done is I've done the copy feature, saved it to drafts, and then gone in and finished it on my PC. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, and then you can go in and do, because on the PC you have the option um, that you don't have on the app, and that shows you, like, what everybody has been um, searching for, kind Mm -hmm. of in relation to that item. Yeah. So you can kind of spruce up your listing a little bit that way. Yeah. Um, I think you do do a a lot of my older listings. um, My photography skills have vastly improved, and my, uh, my descriptions and all that. So since I've been still having stuff to bring in, I haven't touched any of my old stuff, but like if Mm -hmm. I get to the point where I'm really needing it, I'll like dig those pieces back out and, and, you know, re-photograph and Mm -hmm. revamp those massively. So, I mean, I have not reached the point where I'm having to like re-photograph things yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's because I found a little bit of a hack. And that is because I changed backgrounds between this time last year and my current background. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure if because of this hack is kind of what's changed my mind. Um, but if I go and I do screenshots of my phone and then mm-hmm. I go to eBay and they have the remove background feature, mm-hmm. then I can remove the background without having to retake a photo. Well, so mine is uh um well so to start with i've started modeling all of my pieces at least for the cover shots um mm-hmm. of anything i can i can feasibly wear you know right. um, like yeah so Cl- clips are your friend yeah exactly um <laughs> and obviously i have like a hand a very small handful of men's items and i don't mm-hmm. model those um but so I, yeah, so I model them and like, I mean, they just look a lot better. So right, like there are a few pieces that like, I mean, they, they look horrible on the floor, but at that time I was not ready to model and I, I crop out my face, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but, uh, so re-photographing those would, I think would just make them a million times better. I have a small background in graphic design, so I have mm-hmm. Photoshop on my, on my PC, um, mm-hmm. so I use Photoshop to remove, um, I actually shoot with a green screen and by green mm-hmm. screen, a large green king size sheet that I pinned to the wall. Um, and, uh, then I remove the background that way. So, uh, that's probably way better than my hack. <laughs> yeah. I mean the eBay one, um, the, I've seen the eBay remove background tool and it seems to be like pretty phenomenal for what it is. Um, for, yeah, for what it is and the fact that you can kind of go in and uh, play with it a little bit. So, like, you can, you know, like, rebrush things and then erase things to kind of help it. So, it's not, you're not, like, completely stuck with what they have or not what they have. Right. Um, so, I mean, it is still rudimentary. It's definitely not Photoshop. Right. Um, right. But it is kind of fun. What about 
when you got started thrifting like were you thrifty growing up or um is thrifting and reselling like a brand new uh part of your life um I definitely I've been thrifting for most of my life um I don't super remember thrifting with my mom but I think we did do some when I was you know really young um but definitely when I was in high school I like super got into I've always uh had my own unique sense of style <laughs> um so and I'm also extraordinarily cheap so those two things combined to make you know hey I can go to the goodwill and you know load up on vintage clothing and I can still, you know, look different, look, you know, what I thought was cool and, um, and do it on like, you know, a fraction of the cost of what it would, what it cost to do anything else. So, um, definitely in high school, I, I hit thrifting pretty hard at that point, especially when I could drive by myself. That was like my, like, go to time on my own. Cause I've, I grew up in a real small town. So it's not like we really had a lot of things to do. So mm-hmm. that was one of the things that, that I could go do by myself and enjoy and have that little outlet. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. It's like way better. That's way better than what I did with my small time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I had been that smart. Yeah. Um, so what was kind of the differentiating factor that made you go from this is thrifting because I enjoy vintage and I enjoy the style to, oh my gosh, I can make money at this? Um, I, did, I mean, I did not even start to or think about making money on it until um, shortly after my daughter was born, which is she's almost four now. Um, and I would say she was you know, a year or so when I started. Um but I, uh, my, my mom lives in, um, in the same town I do now. Um, and so we started like a regular, she would come over and watch my daughter so I could go, um, uh, to the grocery store. And at that point too, I was like, well, I can run a couple other little errands and stuff like that. And I kept finding myself at that point running to the thrift store just to have a little, a little getaway time again, you know, mental health. Yeah. Um, without, again, you know, without getting that shopping, that retail therapy without spending tons of money. Um, so I remember I was in the the Goodwill one day and, um, this, this nice older lady came up to me and she was like, can you wear this skirt? This skirt is so pretty, but it's way too small for me. And it looks about your size. Um, you know, and, uh, I was like, that is a really, and it was, you know, it was a nice, cute little wool dress skirt um and I was like that is really pretty I think I can wear it so I just I just bought it and I got it home and then um you know it was wool and I think it was like spring at this point and I proceeded to you know put it in my closet and then ignore it um Mm -hmm. and then it started to get a little bit cooler and I uh in in between that time too I had started running again um so I uh had lost a little bit of weight as well and I went to put on that skirt and it was just way too big. And I was like, well, let me see, you know, um, I heard about this thing called Poshmark and I, you know, did the classic throw it on my bedspread and took a picture and, you know, took a picture of a couple other little things from 
um, my closet that I hadn't worn anymore. And I think like three days later I had a sale and I, it was like a $5 offer, but I was like, yes, you know, I felt amazing. Um, and, uh, and then it just, it just went from there. I started joining like Facebook groups and like actually learning that like, you know, throwing something on the bedspread and calling it a dress wasn't the right way to sell all this stuff. <laughs> it's, not it's, it's just that you're not going to maximize your profit. <laughs> right, right. It's not, it's not as effective as it could be. Right. SEO is a thing. Um, <laughs> search in that search engine optimization for our bedspread listeners. Um, so, what would you say is your best flip to date? Um, I found a Veronica Beard new with tags dress. Um, Ooh, that's four dollars for it, <laughs> wow. and I think it lasted like two days once I finally got around to listing it it was it was really nice (laughs) yeah yeah I so um I have a dress in my closet right now that I got for a good price and I swore that thing would sell by now but it has not and um it's I mean it's Donna Morgan it's not like it's or no, Donna Karen it's a donna karen dress so you know the uh the di- designer who does the dkny um and i don't know why nobody wants that dress maybe it's just the wrong season but um yeah that's gonna be my that's gonna i know it's gonna be my biggest flip it's just taken forever right. well, sometimes, um, sometimes you just have to find the right buyer you know get the right set of eyes on it and then it's that's it you know yeah um, I do, I would, I would love to find Veronica Beard. That is definitely on my, uh, my bucket list. I have like a whole list right now. Yeah. And I, um, it's on my phone in my notes and I, you know, <laughs> I click the little dot when I find it. Um, it's, um, I, I don't know. Personally, I'm just like missing thrifting really bad right now. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in a lot of ways, the whole reseller industry has kind of changed during this because everybody has been doing a lot of the buy lots um Mm -hmm. and so everybody's selling like new with tags and you know they're you know they've got these immaculate crazy closets with this high-end and merchandise and it's like is there going to be a place for the thrifted goods still um in some ways i feel like the you know the vintage market will probably never change um but it is interesting i think it's gonna be interesting going forward to kind of see how online retail arbitrage is going to change our market a little bit yeah yeah it seems too that like um what we were talking about this with somebody else how like uh it seems like there is a shift and not just like i mean maybe it's both you know like uh people are buying more of the new with tag stuff because it's there's more of it available um but it also seems like because people aren't able to go to the mall themselves they're also those people that normally wouldn't be shopping online are now shopping yeah. online you know yeah which so, um, one of those came first you know <laughs> right um, I know that for states that have opened up that have like TJ Maxx and Marshalls that, I mean, people are in going and buying like a whole cart full of ours is, um Ours is actually opened. We opened uh, the retail 
last mm-hmm. week. Um, and then restaurants opened or were allowed to open at 50% capacity this uh, yesterday at five. Um, but I have not gone anywhere. Um, and that's a personal choice for me. Um, I, the first day that it was open, like I've been doing the, uh, the Walmart curbside grocery mm-hmm. pickup. So I don't have to get out of my car. Um, but the day it opened, I, I had gone and gotten my, my curbside groceries and, uh, I was on the way back and, um, dr- I drive past the mall when I do that. And we have, I mean, we're I'm in a small town still. Um, and right. they, the mall was, I mean, it was packed, like completely, like I didn't go in, but like there were the, the whole parking lot was just full and I drove past and there were like people coming in and out and like just tons of them. And like the majority of the ones, at least I saw were not wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. And and then I drove past the Goodwill and the Goodwill parking lot was packed and I'm just not there yet. Um, yeah, but- no, I, I agree. Cause I, I mean, so our state is not open for retail yet and will not be open for retail for another two, I think it's like two weeks now, maybe two and a half weeks. Um, but New Hampshire is like, just across the border like it's almost easier for me to go to new hampshire than it is to go you know south or actually into boston you know Mm -hmm. so and i could go do that but i don't want to like i it i have not been able to actually secure like my walmart pickup or whatever um so i just go in and i wear my mask and i'm very careful but everywhere i go everybody's in masks You know, like it's everybody's being very safe about, you know, the shopping and the essential shopping that they are doing. So Mm. I don't feel like when we open up in two or three weeks that there will be a whole bunch of people not wearing masks. I think that there's going to be a lot of people out trying, you know, to go to the mall and trying to go to wherever, you know, even to the beaches this weekend. But I, you know, I, I and some of that's just because I don't feel like everyday Americans understand that you know, they can, they can find other places other than the mall to go shopping, you know? Right. Yeah. We're so ingrained in our habits that we forget that there are other options. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also have, you know, the fact of the the kids too, like, I mean, I'm right. And bring, you know, somebody in to watch them and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm obviously not going to bring me and three kids into like a facility with a lot of other people, you know, and and how do I mean, you know, keep my three-year-old from, yeah, not being a crazy three-year-old. So, right, yeah, I the three-year-old is not coming in the store with me. Right. Maybe till next year, you know, like yeah, just exactly. the only kid that might come with me is my teenager, and that's because he can understand that he has to wear a mask. Like, but even at that point, it's not like I'm out taking him shopping with me necessarily. Right. You wouldn't be going um, for fun stuff. It would be like if you needed to, you know run for right Right. the other day me and my husband were trying to you know figure out like a house project or something and it's like you know it'd be just so convenient if we could just go to the store together and make the decision that's where I'm missing a lot of like the like I just need to be able to like plan with my partner like what the heck we're gonna buy without touching everything okay Back to actual Poshmark <laughs> closeting, though. So tell me about your, um, like, your posh space or your posh office and how you get your work done. 
Um, my posh face is really interesting at the time, at this point in time. Um, so in our house, um, we have a sunroom and the, so the sunroom is an extension off of our finished basement. Um, and the sunroom, um, we had to, we had to completely remodel the sunroom, but we remodeled the sunroom and redid it while we were, while I was pregnant, um, with the, uh, concept that uh me and my husband moved our master bedroom to the finished basement because it you know it's this big open area um and then the sunroom would become the nursery so she'd be you know right right like a room away rather than upstairs mm-hmm. um and so we did that and it, it's this big like it's an oddly shaped room so it's a long skinny room um and it became her nursery and uh then we figured when she got old enough to be upstairs by herself which the time is coming soon i hope um she would move upstairs to what's now our guest room but will be her room and then i would take over the sunroom to do whatever i wanted with it um so that will eventually be solidly just my posh space but right now it's like half my posh space so like the mm-hmm. front half is like my my work area where like my steamer is and um my my green screen sheet on the wall um and then the other half is like her crib and a bunch of her toys and stuff which mm-hmm. at this point actually works nicely because while I'm working she has to be down there with me um right so she can go into her little area and play and I can work in the other half um, and then around the corner underneath the stairs is my closet where I store all my inventory. Um, and then my my PC that I do everything on is upstairs in the middle of the entire house, which is is nice right now because I can sit there and work and still be available for, um, you know, the older two while they're uh, doing remote it's, learning <laughs> right it's your your mom command center yeah exactly <laughs> um, but eventually it will be nice to have that all down in the sunroom that can just be just be for me <laughs> right yeah i think everybody kind of craves that space it's just their kind of like getaway zone yeah um, you know, every mother's dream of of getting away or running away or having a vacation right. to themselves yeah um, how many active listings do you currently have? Um, right around 300. That is actually, so I really liked that, um, like that active listing load. I feel like I had probably like just a, it just seemed like a very good flow for me. Like I had a lot of really good sales at that point. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. I feel like I'm in a funk right now. Um, I'm like right over 500 and I feel like it's like a stalemate. Like I just, right. I'm not sure if I need to bump it up to like 750, which just seems like so many extra listings, right. um, you know, or like delete. <laughs> 200 <laughs> listings. Yeah. I never really um, had like a, like a goal as far as listings go. It's kind of, it's just for me, you know, with, with all the kids and everything else. And this is just a, I do what I can kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, I do what I can. If I, you know, I was at 200, I got to 200 and then I stopped, like, it just kind of stopped there. Like it was, it was a nice, uh, 
I sold as fast as I could list right around. Yeah. And then for some reason, like I got a nice little jump where I got to, I think I got more consistent with listing. Um, mm-hmm. that was capable of listing more and I've made it to 300 and now I'm, I'm, I've reached that point at, at, you know, at this point at 300 where I, you know, I'm selling right about as, as much as I can list. Right. Um, so, you know, in the future, I'm sure I'll be able to list more and then I'll, and then I'll probably bump back, you know, get up to 400, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's always like that. Like you said, one step forward two steps back you know situation it's just it's finding that happy medium of you know like how much how much can I handle and how much can I not handle and how much can the market handle and do I have what the market even wants and have you in right now too is a big thing yeah um so in going through like all of your inventory and kind of like combing through it have you found a lot of stuff that you're going to end up donating or um, getting rid of because it's just there's no market left for it or what is your philosophy I go back and forth with that there are times when I'm just like I'm getting rid of everything that's old like I just don't want to look at it anymore and then I, I I go to like actively do this and I'm like I'm getting rid of this and I like start throwing it in a pile and then this little thing in the back of my head's like but you've already done the work you took the photographs you know you you made the listing so, you know, what, what are you losing by just keeping this? And then I end up keeping like 95% of the things that I thought I was going to get rid of. Um, yeah. And this actually worked for like, I mean, I don't know if it worked as far as like the best business model, but um, there are things that, that I was going to get rid of. And then three months later they sold not for a lot, but they sold and that's money I wouldn't have had if I, would have gotten rid of it so um yeah I think I've kind of come to the decision where I will relist something two times and if I didn't relist it like if I relisted it out of season I'll give it like a third chance but after Mm -hmm. that it's like it's it's gonna go in a bundle lot for auction on ebay or something like that you know I think I think that's actually what I'm gonna start doing because somebody was talking about uh you can on eBay, you can get uh, get the momentum flowing if you mm-hmm. like basically give stuff away. Right. Um, so using those items that I'm so tempted to to donate, I'll just drop them down to like you know starting at a 99 cent auction, and you know I'm not gonna lose money. I'm not really gonna make any money that way. But if it gets the if it gets the ball rolling, then I might end up making money on other items that way. Um, the, the 99 cent auctions are definitely an interesting business, like business method. I personally am not done great with the 99 cent auctions. Um, even, you know, even if I was to go in and I was to like list something at the cost that I bought it at, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes like I just don't get a lot of interest in it that way. Um, yeah. but I have been noticing just in looking at like solds on eBay, cause I was kind of like trying to figure out like how the heck I'm going to what my new eBay strategy for getting rid of a lot of inventory is. And um, mm-hmm. with people not going out, there is definitely a good push for like the, all the five for 25 sales you see on Instagram. Yeah. And do the same, but do it on eBay for mm-hmm. like same size lots or like the same like style lot, like a five for five or five for 25 uh, career, you know, women's career wear a lot yeah. kind of a thing. And so I think that that, 
that's going to be, you know, kind of what I'm going to do with a lot of my, my dead inventory one last time before I take it to Savers for a 20% off coupon. <laughs> and then I'll get my money back with that 20% off coupon. I'm sure. Yeah, you can turn that into at least your money back. <laughs> right. Right. Um, there's always a way to make sure that you don't lose money, right? Mm-hmm. So what would you say is like your general closet aesthetic? I know you said vintage because you really like vintage, but do you find um, other categories that you have a lot of inventory? I do not actually have a lot of vintage. Um, Like I love finding vintage Mm -hmm. um, and I love selling vintage. Um, It's definitely, I mean, I feel like a lot of people, it's got like this nice little soft spot in my heart, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But I... I have very little vintage in that I sell actually. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think my closet aesthetic is whatever I can find and sell. Um, I definitely do not have anything, um, any, anything focused. It really is just what's available. I think unfortunately, like, having the curated closet is very tough yeah I I find that almost everybody I talk to um kind of takes what they can get and I mean I can shop the same stores as two or three other people that I know in the area and they can pick up all the equipment and all the rails and all you know the revolve brands and all the fancy stuff Mm-hmm. And I can literally shop that store 10 minutes before they walked in. And I, I just can't find it. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's not like I'm not spending two hours going through every item in that store. Right. It's just, that's not my luck. So <laughs> um, yeah. I definitely have pick up kind of and sell what I want. Um, I am getting to the point though, where I have, um, it's not that it's curated, but um, I, I've found, you know, a couple other people who their closets have kind of taken like a turn for, um, you know, like more children's wear or, you know, like uh, more of the maternity or, you know, like the old Navy and, you know, mom clothes and where people can bundle better. Mm-hmm. So I will give them all of those things and they give me all their career wear. And that way we kind of like trade back and forth and it's not anything other than for bundle strategy, but we do do that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's smart. And it's helping everyone out, you know? And I mean, there are things that like some people can sell or, you know, you got to find what sells for you because sometimes, you know, like I have a friend who cannot move anthropology like at all, even though it's like what everybody seems to want to find. So she just like, doesn't even want it, you know? Um, Yeah. So, but she finds what sells for her and that's what she sells. Some of what I think is the anthropology hang up is, um, cause there's some anthropology that just does not sell, but I think that yeah. it's, if you were to treat it as though it wasn't anthropology and you know, like you didn't pay up for it and you just bought it for the same price as you, you know, bought like a loft top, right. it would sell. It's just yeah. a matter of, Oh, I know this is anthropology because it has that six six one seventy number. So I'm gonna mark it up. And then you're like, why won't this stupid thing sell for thirty dollars? Yeah. I mean, this tank top I spent two dollars and fifty cents on, <laughs> why will nobody buy it? I mean, when I find anthropology, I'm I'm excited, right? But like I don't right. 
unless I know it's like a desired piece, I don't pay up for it. I pay what I pay for everything else. And, um, the cheaper I can find it, the better. Um, but you also have to, I mean, you have to watch for like, if it's dated, like if it's older, I mean, it very well may never sell, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that there's, uh, you know, there's some credence to the whole like supply and demand to like people and, you know, the whole, you know, whether the market can handle so much, um, I noticed today on my Poshmark app that free people is now available in the wholesale market, mm-hmm. which told me I'm never picking up free people ever again. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> if you can buy free people on Poshmark via wholesale, we have a serious problem. Right. Um, so it's like, I think I'm just going to clearance that all out. <laughs> Big sale. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, just like strategies and whatever which is mm-hmm. always fun to talk shop. Um, let's see. I think I only have one more question for you. And that is the final question for everybody. And that mm-hmm. is if you're to go thrifting with anybody in the community, who would you go with and where would you go? That, I mean, that's always a tough question. And I've been thinking about it. Um, and I think I have a couple. Um, and one is a uh, uh, the... Uh, she's on Instagram and she does uh, data analytics, um, Sarah Styles. Um, so she's oh, yeah. yeah, she's, I've been doing beta testing on her dashboard um, mm-hmm. since, since she started it, obviously, since it was beta testing. Um, and so like, we've been, we've become friends, like we chat, you know, and um, so I would just, I would love to meet her just because like, we talk all the time. Um mm-hmm. And so she would be one of them. And I think uh, Breezy Von Breezy, she's, she's sort of in that same boat. I, I started talking to her on Instagram. And um, so they would probably be my, my two. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just because I like personally, I don't know them in real life, but like, I, I feel, I feel like they're actually like, I know them sort of. Um, so I would like to go shop vintage with them because sarah sarah's like that too she loves vintage it may not always be her best selling but she loves vintage and and breezing is vintage so if the three of us went and like got you know tried to find some vintage together i think that would be a really fun time (laughs) that does sound like a really fun time i have sarah's um sales dashboard Mm -hmm. um, and I need to go find out if there's a plugin that I'm missing or if I need to buy a different dashboard because I need to plug in the inventory dashboard um, to start figuring all of that out as far as <laughs> where I'm spending money that I'm not supposed right. to. Do, but, um, she is uh, incredibly, incredibly friendly and incredibly accessible on Instagram. So if you like shoot her a DM, she will usually respond real quick and, uh, and help you with anything. So, yeah, she, um, she also has the, uh, the Facebook group for, mm-hmm. uh, for her analytic dashboards. Um, so some of it is just like that, that, um, time problem yeah. that I've been having. Um, yeah. Cause I, I bought the dashboards right before, uh, coronavirus hit. And then right. I, I kind of, tinkered and played with them a little bit you know enough to get my numbers and enough to you know go through it you know but I haven't like actually taken the deep dive on it yet so 
I think that would definitely be a fun trip. Um, I do like Sarah. I, you know, she's, she's very approachable, very relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and thanks for taking time and throwing your children at your husband um, so that we could chat. (laughs) Um, It's always good to talk with somebody else and be able to talk with them more than just like Instagram chats. I know that you've kind of gone back and forth a couple of times, but it's, it's always good to like find out their stories and just kind of, you know, find out, you know, little tips and tricks that they use and, you know, yeah, yeah, talk shop. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun talking with Beverly. It's nice to have mom start to come back on the podcast. I feel like we're starting to find our feet again and uh, start to get back to life as we now know it. And uh, to me, that tells me that we are we are all survivors and that uh, we're brilliant women who within sometimes, you know, especially for some companies, we've figured out how to modify and change our business and survive a lot faster than a lot of these bigger, bigger, badder businesses. And, uh, so keep on going on and, uh, you know, make some money. Today's goodie bag, and that's where all the goodies are, is ways that you can get either money or you can get a free blue Ikea bag. If you would like a free blue Ikea bag, go to Apple Podcasts and leave the reseller's voice a five-star review and leave your Instagram handle at the bottom of your review. We will then get in contact with you and... uh, put you in that week's drawing for the big blue Ikea bag. The other way that you can save money is to use my affiliate code for my virtual assistant. I use Miss Yancey's VA services. You can use the code CLOVE10 to get 10% off of your first order with her. Um, I honestly wouldn't be a reseller without her because of all of the sharing on Poshmark. The last way that you can really benefit yourself and uh, get money back is to have yourself 100% prepared for tax season and that is by maintaining proper books. If you have no idea how to do your books for reselling or for anything, Nicole Coulette has a course on bookkeeping for resellers. It is at Nicole Kulut School. And um, yeah, you should check it out. I hope you guys have a great week and I will chat with you again next week.